Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' number one and oldest uh, established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website and uh, give them a call. The, the website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got a great show for you today, including special guest William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute. Sally Williams is a, a board chairman for the uh, Books for Collier Kids. Interesting organization doing great things for kids in the summer. Byron Donalds is our United States congressman. Also, we'll visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston and author of many books, his latest, Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier. It is June the 3rd, and on this day in uh, 1800, uh, John Adams, the second president of the United States, became the first president to reside in Washington, D.C., where he took up residence at the Union Tavern in Georgetown. Ironically, I remember going to the Union Tavern back when I was uh, just finished high school. The city of Washington was created to serve the nation's capital because of its geographical position in the center of existing new republic. The states of Maryland and Virginia ceded land around the Potomac River to form the District of Columbia, and work began in Washington in 1791. French architect Pierre-Charles Lafont designed the city in a radical layout full of dozens of circles, crisscross avenues, and plentiful parks. In 1792, work began on the neoclassical White House building at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue under the guidance of Irish-American architect James Hoban, uh, whose White House design was influenced by Leinster House in Dublin and by a building sketch in John Gibbs' book of architecture. In the next year, Benjamin Latrobe began construction on the other principal uh, government building, the United States Capitol. On June the 3rd, 1800, President Adams moved to a temporary residence in the new capital as construction was completed on the executive mansion. On November the 1st, the president was welcomed to the White House. The next day, Adams wrote his wife about to Abigail, of course, about his new home. I pray heaven to bestow the best of blessings on the house and on all that shall hereafter inhabit it. May none be wise men ever rule under this roof. Wish it were true, uh, President Adams. But yeah, we've survived uh, many a catastrophe in whom we brought into the White House. Nevertheless, soon after, Abigail Adams arrived to the White House, and on November the 17th, the U.S. Congress convened for the first time at the United States Capitol. During World War uh, excuse me, during the uh, War of 1812, both buildings were set afire in 1814 by British soldiers in retaliation for the burning of government buildings in Canada by US troops, although a torrential downpour saved the still uncompleted Capitol building, the White House was burned to the ground. Burned to the ground. The mansion was subsequently rebuilt and enlarged under the direction of James Hopin who added east and west terraces to the main building, along with a semicircular south portico and a colonnaded north portico. Work was completed on the White House in the 1820s and has been remained largely, largely unchanged uh, since that time. Such an interesting background about the capital of the United States. Tropical storm watches and warnings have been posted in parts of Florida ahead of likely formation of a Gulf of, uh, tropical depression or storm that will bring heavy rain and gusty winds to these areas this weekend. An area of a low pressure located near Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula and northwest of Car Caribbean Sea is producing clusters of showers and thunderstorms right now. The National Hurricane Center has dubbed the system Potential uh, Tropical Cyclone 1, a procedure allowed the uh, NCH HC, I should say, to issue advisories, watches, and warnings for a system that hasn't yet developed, but poses a threat of tropical storm force winds to areas within 48 hours. Due to the models indicating a slightly faster motion across the Gulf of Mexico, tropical storm warnings have now been hoisted for the Florida Keys and for the west coast of Florida, that's right here, south of Inglewood. Winds of over 40 miles an hour expected in this area Friday night or early Saturday, Fortunately, upper winds <clears throat> uh, over the Gulf of Mexico uh, should be strong, providing strong wind shear that should limit the intensity of the system. So today we could expect soaking rain 
in uh, South Florida and continue over western Cuba. Tropical storm force winds could arrive late at night. Saturday, the storm will move across the Florida Peninsula with soaking rain, gusty winds. Heavy rain is possible in the northwest Bahamas. The system then moves east of Florida Saturday night with slowing and improving conditions. Sunday, the system will then track off the southeast U.S. coast. Gusty winds could stir up high surf and dangerous rip currents. Sunday and Sunday night and Monday, the system then moves into the open Atlantic and uh, we're free of the uh, storm. South Florida, including the Keys, western Cuba and the western Bahamas could pick up anywhere from 4 to 10 inches of rain with locally higher amounts from, from the system. This is where the rainfall flooding is the most likely from this system. It's another reminder that now is a good time to dust off that hurricane plan. We certainly have one here uh, for the for season's first storm or hurricane. Uh, <clears throat> penny of uh, <clears throat> uh, caution is worth a pound of influence or, or uh, pr- preparation. Did you listen to Biden's speech last night? <clears throat> well, uh, here is a list of some of the proposed gun controls uh, for proposed gun controls. Ban assault weapons, whatever those are. Uh, ban high-capacity magazines. It's kind of sad because uh, most guns are sold with magazines that are, have more than t- 10 cartridges. So it would, in effect, be banning guns that are already owned. But moving on, if banning is not possible, then raise purchase age for AR-15s and similar uh, rifles to age 21. Strengthen background checks. Enact safe storage laws and red flag laws. Repeal the immunity of gun manufacturers from liability. Address mental health crisis. And nothing of call, he didn't mention anything about hardening the schools as targets. That's, of course, been recommended several times, but certainly not something the president wants. He elaborated on an assault weapons ban proposal, saying the previous ban from 94 to 2004 specifically banned nine categories of semiotic weapons like AK-47s and AR-15s. He added we should uh, limit how many rounds a weapon can hold, why in God's name should an ordinary citizen be able to purchase an assault weapon that holds 30 rounds magazines that less mass shooters fire hundreds of bullets in the matter of minutes, he asked rhetorically. Biden said uh, background checks should be expanded, and this has long been a Democrat goal. Uh, they want to expand checks on retail sales so as to include private sales. Biden did not mention that such an expansion would have stopped the vast majority of high-profile mass shooters during the past 15 years, as nearly every one of them got their guns by passing a background check at retail. He said, I also believe we should have a safe storage law and personal liability for not locking up your gun. He added, if you own a weapon, you have a responsibility to secure it. If you don't lock it up and something bad happens, you should be held responsible. Biden pushed national red flag laws, but didn't mention that California and Illinois have red flag laws already. Yet California is regularly in the news for gun violence, most recently for the shooting deaths of six people in Sacramento. And uh, Illinois city of Chicago is regularly in the news for gun violence. 46 people who were shot in Chicago over Memorial Day uh, weekend this year alone. On April the 9th, 2021, uh, Breitbart News did a a fact check on Biden's claim that guns make enjoy immunity. Gun makers may enjoy immunity from liability. And the verdict is uh, Biden's claim is false. Uh, it simply shields uh, gun makers in instances where the guns in view were lawfully made and lawfully sold. Biden's uh, speech quickly turned sharp partisan as he blamed Republicans for blocking gun control proposals. Now, here's where he pivots and he says, this is the ammunition I needed. Sorry for the double entendre, but this is the ammunition we need in order to uh, win the midterms. I'm sure this is what he's thinking. He says, my God, the fact that the majority of Senate Republicans don't want any of these proposals even to be debated or come up for a vote, I find unconscionable, he said. We can't fail the American people again, he said. He called for Americans to vote out Republicans for opposing his proposal. <laughs> Desperate. This is the Hail Mary. I believe the majority of you will act to turn your outrage to turn this issue central to your vote, he said. Enough, enough, enough. The president also called for proposals to raise the age uh, for purchasing a rifle to the age of 21. This time we have to t- the time to do something, he said. Do something. 
We didn't just take questions. He didn't take questions after his 20-minute rant and left last night to spend the rest of the weekend at his beach house in Delaware. So, uh, pretty unimpressive. He certainly had an opportunity to, to unite us. His, he certainly had the, uh, the outrage and the anger and uh, the, the emotion, but the words just left us all flat, my, left me flat anyhow. In fact, Fox News a contributor Molly Hemingway said Thursday on Jesse Waters' primetime that President Joe Biden's speech on gun reform legislation was an impeachable offense. She did say that. She said he showed this for, was, for him, a partisan political approach. Do something is not a serious policy, but the actual policies that he listed are extremely troubling. I think it's comforting for simple-minded people to think that restricting the natural right to keep and bear arms would solve all our problems that destroying the Constitution would solve our problems, she said. This is not true, and we have a natural right of self-defense to guard against tyranny in the Second Amendment. There's something that makes us American, and Joe Biden showed that he does not respect the Constitution. He does not support the natu this natural right. This really is an impeachable offense to talk this way against something so foundational to the country. Good for you, Molly. Hemingway added, but it was just like uh, really divisive and unhelpful for him. And I think, you know, he helped people see what really is at play here. Very little of what he's talking about would actually prevent some of these horrible mass shootings. He gave, uh, kind of gave away the game when he earlier in this weekend when he talked about getting rid of making it illegal to have handguns. This is a really extreme agenda, and he is misguided if he thinks this is going to be a political winner for him. I know they are desperate, but this is not going to sell well in this country, said Molly Hemingway. Good for her, and I think she's absolutely right. I mean, he's made so many false claims about guns, it's just simply incredible in my mind. For example, you may have heard he said, this Constitution, is, the Second Amendment was never absolute, he said. You couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was passed. You couldn't go out and purchase a lot of weapons. Well, you know what? That's absolutely true. If you fact, take a look at the uh, American Revolution, in fact, it's right in the Constitution, in Article 1, Section 8, gives Congress the power to grant letters of marquee and reprisal, that is, letters authorizing private individuals to attack ships of enemy nations. Any ship capable of combat in the late 18th century necessarily had cannons as a primary weapon. Just think about it. The United States didn't have, or it wasn't the United States, the uh, uh, revolutionaries didn't have at the time even, even ammo, and uh, so they hired uh, and brought aboard uh, patriots who would uh, fight the war for them with their private property. That's true. Indeed, in the 1700s, or 1790s, the nascent and until then neglected U.S. Navy had virtually no U uh, warships, so it repurposed private merchant ships armed with cannons for war, effectively commissioning them uh, in the naval service. There's so many lies that he saw, said. There's so many misrepresentations. Uh, for example, uh, uh, when, when we had this uh, ban of, uh, of uh, automatic weapons, he said the, the uh, tragedies went down. Well, actually, they didn't go down. There was no change. And when the, the uh, gun ban expired, uh, it, it, uh, gun deaths did not go up. So, again... Uh, citizens with firearms can't defeat a tank, but they can kill secret uh, agents who are killing citizens. And that's why Mao, Hitler, Stalin, Lenin, Pol Pot, and Idi Amin, among others, always tried to disarm their victims first. To defeat the federal army in battle, yes, people would need weaponry that no longer suggests they should be allowed to possess, said Roosevelt. He argued the Second Amendment was actually intended to allow state military forces to resist federal tyranny. There's nothing more that he'd like than to disarm the American public. Again, uh, based most of his arguments are based on fabrications and lies. It's so disappointing. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. 
tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabee's.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with our United States Congressman, Byron Donalds. Right now, we have with us William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure. Tell us about the Cato Institute. You bet. We're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O dot org. So I want to talk to you about what's happening on Capitol Hill, and it sounds like uh, Biden s- sent his letter to the editor, his op-ed, I should say, uh, to the uh, Wall Street Journal on the 30th and uh, had some ideas about inflation. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Indeed. So... Um, that op-ed marked uh, the administration's pivot to inflation as its uh, top priority, as the president put it. Um, and, and this follows on the heels, of course, of the administration, as we discussed before, um, dismissing inflation concerns. I'm calling it transitory. Mm-hmm. And and also, I mean, ultimately, as we've discussed before, this falls on the heels of the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress fueling inflation, uh, fueling inflation by passing the needless $2 trillion American Rescue Plan in early 2021. Um, but all that aside, um, the, the content of his plan is frankly bizarre. Um, on, you know, on the one hand, he, he, he asks us to trust the, the Fed to operate. Um, and, you know, surely no problems there, but I don't think it's necessarily a bold call for action. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, he calls for uh, lowering the government to lower prices through spending, um, primarily on health care and energy subsidy, subsidies, and at the same time for the government to lower the deficit. Um, so obviously, these, are in, these contradict. Um, so, you know, he didn't really elaborate in the op-ed, um, you know, on, on how these uh, seemingly disparate elements of his plan would work together. But, you know, given his history on the issue, uh, first of causing it and, and then of waffling on it, 
Um, he didn't really build up too much credence as an initial matter, and, and certainly this plan um, seems, frankly, pretty silly. Yeah, and of course the letter itself it was full of misinformation in terms of the previous administration's record, and you could go on. But again, fabrications and lies pretty much underlie the predicate for uh, for what he wants to accomplish. Uh, so we want it to be, so let it be. You know, the whole notion is that somehow, some way, this is our plan, so it's going to be successful. Yeah, it's not. But did, did you hear? Did you listen to the president last night give his gun control speech? Indeed, I did. Um, and, you know, again, as I noted last week, certainly I'm, I'm no expert on uh, uh, gun control matters. I'm, I'm more of a domestic regulatory uh, guy myself. Nonetheless, I have been following the politics of this matter. And and really, I, I think that he's threatened to do more harm than good. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I'm not in any way um, impugning his passion. Um, but, you know, he blames the GOP for inaction. Uh, on the one hand, and on the other hand, he demanded policies that are far in excess of what even the House of Representatives, you know, controlled by Nancy Pelosi, um, is considering. So we've got these delicate bipartisan negotiations going on in the Senate that we spoke about last week. And indeed, Senator, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has tasked uh, Senator John Cornyn um, with participating in these negotiations. And Frankly, but I think there are um, solid odds that uh, momentum is gaining on this front, and this is setting aside the wisdom of the policy. My only point here is that when the president then comes before Congress and starts blaming Republicans mm-hmm. and then asking for policies that, that aren't just in, in excess of what the Senate is considering, but are beyond what the House is considering, he's just not helping anything. Yeah, I got I got the sense that this is just another Hail Mary. He says, now I've got them. We're going to talk about gun control. That's going to back him in the corner for the midterms, and then we're going to be successful. <laughs> I hate to be, be sarcastic, but pretty pretty much came across as a, a being a desperate play on his part uh, to blame the Republicans. I, I don't know how he expects to garner Republican support for anything if he talks that way. Look, I do not disagree one bit with what you just said. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, any comments at all about the Sussman trial and the results? So the results, I mean, I think it was on par with, with what we discussed in the previous two Fridays. No surprise, Sussman was acquitted. Um, after all, there were three Clinton donors um, in the jury pool, or in the jury box, I should say. Um, and that's just a function of the fact that Washington, D.C., once the jury came, is deep blue. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, Sussman was on trial, but really it was the FBI that was incriminated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think former Attorney General uh, Bob Barr gave a great interview this week. And indeed, I recommend that your listeners also look at a column by Kimberly Strassel in the uh, Wall Street Journal this morning. But the long and short of it is, as we discussed last week, um, a, a lot of information came out about uh, more than a handful of FBI uh, you know, higher-ups Uh, being sort of uh, inappropriately and seemingly politically hot to trot on this whole bogus Russiagate Russiagate stuff. So it was, uh, uh, you know, we don't have the time to elaborate further, but I'll just say that um, damning information has come out about the extent to which the FBI was willingly co-opted by the Clinton campaign for all these dirty political tricks. And it's not over. Yeah. Um, there, you know, as we spoke last week, uh, there's another FBI agent um, under investigation, and we've also got, a, I believe, a trial coming up for this Igor Danchenko, um, who is the, the source of, uh, the, frankly, the lies of the uh, of that Steele dossier. So uh, the the case, the, the the book is not closed on this. Well, that's good to hear. William Yateman, again, research fellow, Cato Institute. I genuinely appreciate uh, your coming on the show and edifying us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure. Thank you, William. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Sally Williams. She is the board chair of Books for Call Your Kids, uh, formerly First Book. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? 
After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with our United States Congressman Byron Donalds. Right now we have with us Sally Williams. She is the board chair for Books uh, for Call Your Kids. Sally, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Bob. Wonderful to talk with you this morning. You as well, Sally. Tell us about Books for Call Your Kids. Uh, Books for Call Your Kids was founded in 2005. We are a local nonprofit, all volunteer. Uh, We started as a chapter of the international organization called First Book, and in 2017, we incorporated as our own nonprofit as Books for Call Your Kids. Um, Since 2005, Bob, we have distributed more than 1.5 million new, high-quality, age- and curriculum-appropriate books to children in Collier County for each of them to take home, share, and cherish. That's terrific. Uh, You know, I can remember just in my own youth how important it was to have summer reading, and it's just uh, meant so much to me. Uh, I'm going to ask an obvious question, but why is this important? Why is it important for kids to get these books? Well, our mission is basically to provide new books to children in need because access to books addresses one of the most important factors affecting literacy. Um, As you may know, Bob, our principal partner is the Collier County School System, Mm -hmm. where we give a book a month to each student in pre-K, kindergarten, first and second grade in 26 of the 30 elementary schools in Collier County, That's more than 100,000 books to about 10,000 students just in this past school year. Wow. Phenomenal. And again, uh, what happens, we have this whole notion of, uh, I'm going to call it a summer slide, where uh, skills have to be maintained in order and sharpened during the summer. Otherwise, we tend to lose them, don't we? Absolutely. And in 2013, we started a program to fight summer slide. Because without access to books, children, particularly from low-income homes, Mm -hmm. return to fall classes with reading scores um, 30% lower than um, other children who enjoy steady access to books over the summer months. And it's a cumulative effect because by the end of fifth grade, these students are nearly three grades behind in their reading skills. And obviously, the lack of basic uh, literacy um, places them at greater risk for academic failure, delinquency, uh, substance abuse, um, all different types of um, um, problems. And what is really alarming is the statistics for Collier County are that 
90% of the children in the Title I elementary schools are from economically disadvantaged families, so they really benefit from our free book program. Fantastic, Sally. So uh, I understand that you've got an association with the uh, sheriff's office. Um, yes, um, we have. Um, uh, we partner with a wide variety of different summer reading programs, such as the Boys and Girls Club, Naples Y, Grace Place, Guadalupe Center, etc. Um, and um, over the summer months, we will give about twenty thousand new books to. Uh, children uh, for them to keep up their reading skills over the summer. And this summer, we are partnering with the Collier County Sheriff's Department, and they have a program called Hot Summer Nights. So starting next Thursday, June 9th, and continuing weekly on Thursday nights at different locations all around the county, the Sheriff's Department uh, hosts Hot Summer Nights and Books for Collier Kids We'll have a booth there to give um, a new book to each child who um, who attends. Well, isn't that fantastic? So that's just uh, and you know, uh, many kids, uh, especially you talked about the impoverished or uh, Title One schools, they don't have any books. I mean, they don't have access to books. So this is uh, some in many cases the only book or two that they might have during the course of the summer. Absolutely, absolutely. And what is so fun about the hot summer nights is there's. Um, it's a family-free event, a fun-free event, um, so that for the young children, there's going to be like a bounce house and a, a police car bounce house, uh, cornhole games, uh, snow cones, popcorn, um, uh, hot dogs. Uh, for older children, there's karaoke, um, great big large screen for movies, just a phenomenal uh, family night. And the locations are, as I said, all over the county, um, in uh, Everglades City, on Marco, Ave Maria, wow. uh, Golden Gate, uh, just different locations starting on June 9th uh, through uh, July 28th. So it really is uh, wonderful. And I um, was not aware that the Sheriff's Department um, had these um, summer events, but we are just thrilled to be partnering with them this summer. Fantastic, Sally. So uh, now all this costs money. Uh, so how are you funded? Uh, we are funded uh, by private donations um, and from grants. Uh, we um, receive um, very generous support from our community. And um, actually, because we are such a um, uh, we buy books with tremendous buying power so that books that you or I would pay $10, $15, or $20 at, say, Barnes & Noble or even Amazon, uh, we can buy for about $2. Wow. Um, and so, um, and actually, a donation of $500 supports um, a book a month for each child in a classroom for an entire school year. So for $500, we typically can buy about 250 books. That is fantastic. So uh, how do we get involved, and what can we do? Uh, do you have a website? Yes, our website is booksforcolliercids.org. Um, um, Books for Call Your Kids is all one word, and there's lots of information out there. We have a very active board of directors. We're always looking for volunteers to help with the book sorting and um, getting the books out to the different schools and the different locations. Uh, we... Um, uh, are just thrilled to be um, a, a important part of our community and helping to not only fight summer slide, but also to get books into the hands of children that need them. Outstanding organization. Again, uh, booksforcollierkids.org uh, is the website, booksforcollierkids.org. Uh, so take a look at the website. Uh, make a contribution. I mean, uh, $50, $250, $500, irrespective. It's going to do a lot of good for kids here in Collier County, really supporting the growth and education of uh, young people for uh, great things in their lives. Uh, Sally, just generally appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Bob. I hope you have a great weekend and stay safe this weekend. Thank you. You as well. All right, coming up, 
We're going to visit with a United States uh, congressman. Uh, that's Byron Donalds. Uh, look forward to a conversation with him. I wonder how he's feeling about the uh, speech of the president last night. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples, but also bringing you currently professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more and buy tickets. Visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. We're going to visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Right now we have with us our United States Congressman, Byron Donalds. Uh, Congressman, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm well, Byron. I hope you are as well. I am. I'm in Naples, so that's, that's actually a great thing. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you have a little bit of rain this weekend, but I'm sure it doesn't matter. It's great to be with the family, I'm sure. Absolutely. So, Byron, I, I don't know if you have any comments at all about the president's uh, uh, remarks last night about gun control. I mean, listen. If you've seen one Joe Biden speech, if you've listened to him, they're basically all the same. He says a bunch of things that make no sense. Then he starts yelling in the microphone to show his intensity or his passion. But he has no real solutions. It's all talking points. It always are talking points. I mean, this this statement he made that mass shootings have tripled uh, since the assault weapons ban uh, was ended. That's not true. Yeah, I don't even know what he's talking about. I and mean, look, at the end of the day, here's the situation. Whatever, everything he's talking about wanting to do would have not stopped the shootings in Udolvi. Right. It wouldn't have stopped the shootings in uh, in Buffalo. Um, it wouldn't have stopped the New York City subway shooting. It wouldn't have stopped the it wouldn't stop the shooting at the church in California. But for that matter, it wouldn't have stopped the shooting in Parkland, and it wouldn't have stopped the shooting in Newtown Sandy Hook. Everything that they say they want to do wouldn't have stopped these tragedies. And so we got to stop with the rhetoric and get down to the actual data of what happened in these in these tragedies and try to do things that you can to protect citizens, but not take away their constitutional rights. Yeah. That's just not the way. Absolutely. And I'm thinking, uh, 
conspicuously absent in his list of solutions, which, as you pointed out, would not solve anything, uh, was uh, hardening the targets of, uh, of public schools. I mean, and uh, that's something that's been recommended so often. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, listen, we did that in Florida. After the Parkland shooting, we went and spent the money to harden our schools in Florida to make it where it's only a single, single point of entry, to do things like making sure that you do magnetic locks on doors, so that they were closed. Um, look, the rea- look, even if you look at what happened in Uvalde, a side door was left open by a staff member. Mm-hmm. That door was not supposed to be open. It right. was supposed to be closed. It was supposed to be locked. That did not occur. And so, it, so hardening schools is the exact right thing to do. We have so many private schools in America that are hardened, that have security teams. They do this for a reason. And they've been doing this since, since Columbine. So you could do that stuff, and it would be very effective to protect our students. But Joe Biden has no interest in doing that because it's not gun control. The thing with the political left, and this is what frustrates me about Washington, no matter what's going on, it always goes back to their agenda. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Like even like this inflation, I know we'll probably talk about it, but this inflation, their solution is more spending. Mm-hmm. Like This is how crazy it is dealing with the Democrats today. Great point, Byron, and it, it, it's so frustrating indeed to, to see, again, uh, we're about 100% or a little bit more than 100% of our GDP in terms of the debt that we have right now. Nobody seems to be talking about that. And the solution, let, let's talk about inflation. The president laid out his plan in an op-ed to the uh, Wall Street Journal on the 30th, uh, claiming that this is the way that he's going to get inflation under control. It it. <laughs> It's everything. It's just spelling out the Green New Deal and all these spending plans he's already got. What are your thoughts? I think the president's just—he's just bad at his job. He's really bad at this. He's—he's—he. I think he definitely is the worst president we've ever had. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can make an argument, even presidents in the past, you know, it might have taken him four weeks to actually get information about what was going on in the country. The the presidents today have almost instantaneous information. They can see what's happening, and they don't need advisors to go through and figure this stuff out. But Joe Biden has no interest in reversing course, and that's really what's sad. I mean, look at energy. He could reverse course on energy, which will be a major a major move in decreasing or helping to stave off inflation, but he's not doing it. He wants to continue to do more of this Green New Deal stuff. It, it's, it's nonsensical. And the other part that's further frustrating is that in the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi doesn't let the members actually hold hearings. We're not talking about inflation on Capitol Hill. When we go back next week, we're going to be talking about gun control, which, of course, obviously, if you've lost a child in Uvalde, if you lost a, a loved one in Buffalo, you want you, you want to see that there's some action on something. I completely could understand that. Mm-hmm. But when Washington does nothing but focus on the political the, the political uh, issue of the week, but we don't address the economy. We don't address inflation. That that that's sickening. His 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 uh his op-ed, which I did read, and his plans are a joke. It's not going to do anything. If if anything, it's going to make matters worse. And it's predicated in many cases on fabrications and lies. I mean, the claims that he make, for example, the coming out of uh, this last administration, he says that somehow, some way, well, things were going terribly. Well, no, they weren't. And he's saying now they're going great. Well, no, they aren't. I mean, it's just amazing that he can, uh, you know, he doesn't base anything on the on. How do, can he expect to have any credibility with the American public if he's not telling us the truth when he makes claims? Um, I, I might have been concerned about Joe Biden's credibility meter. He has none. We all know it. Yeah. Um, now they're scrambling. I mean, the reports out of the White House are he's now upset with everybody because of all the crises that continue to, to blow up. But this this is, fall, this is all at the hands of Joe Biden. Everything rises and falls on leadership. America does not have a leader right now. We have an old school politician who the only thing they want to do is look good in polls and look good in front of their interest groups. But if that's how you're going to govern the country, you're always going to fail. What America needs and is always needed is leadership that does not care about polls and news media, but just does the right thing, regardless sometimes even of what popular sentiment might be. That's why we're not a pure democracy, because even popular sentiment can be wrong. And so what we need, frankly, is leadership. We don't have that with Joe Biden. Um, the man's just not a leader. Bob, he's bad at his job. He's 
really, really bad at this. No, no question about it. And I think this this role that he's got in right now reveals it, uh, as no other role that he's had in the past reveals it. So, so uh, it's got to be so frustrating for you on Capitol Hill. Uh, what 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 are your aspirations, and what can you accomplish? Let's say between now and the midterms, or in the next couple of years. Between now and the midterms, not much. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm being honest with people. Nancy Pelosi. The way she runs the place, nothing gets done unless she wants it to happen. So the members, we're, we all basically are waiting for her to decide she wants to act on something. Like, look at this baby formula thing that happened two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. What the Democrats did is they put two bills on the floor dealing with baby formula. The first bill was a bill that allowed WIC to buy uh, all the other formulas as opposed to the uh, the, the, the restricted list of things that WIC allows you to buy. Uh, for people who don't know, WIC is Women, Infants, and Children. It is a subsidy program. Frankly, it's actually a purchasing program for poor mothers to get food in the house uh, for, for themselves and for their children, okay? So that bill, which expanded purchasing options, um, that bill passed overwhelmingly. I think there's only like five no votes on, on the bill. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly passed. The second bill, this is the bill the media talks about, was $28 million to the FDA to pay for salaries and expenses. So I voted no on that bill because the FDA doesn't need $28 million to fix the formula crisis because we had just given the FDA an extra $100 million in their budget anyway. So giving them another $28 million didn't do anything. Yeah. It would have had no impact. But the reason the Democrats run bills like this is because they're trying to find ways to get polit- to score political points. But when you look at those bills, is they're, they're dumb. They don't do anything. This is how Nancy Pelosi runs the House of Representatives. So I don't think that much is going to happen between now and the midterm elections. After the midterm elections, uh, Republicans, we're going to get down to business, uh, not only with just oversight investigations, but also with the border and a lot of these other issues. And we're going to hold this administration accountable because this administration Nobody on Capitol Hill is unless you're you're talking about it on Fox News or Newsmax or shows like yours, Bob. Nobody is holding this administration accountable. Sad commentary indeed, uh, Byron. So uh, again, you've got an election coming up uh, here in in November. Uh, any comments? <laughs> Just get out and vote for me, folks. <laughs> no, it's been a it's been a good uh, it's been a a good. 16, 17 months now, um, obviously going to running for reelection. Um, really, we just want people to get out and vote. And if you think you've, you think I've done a really good job or you think I've done a good job, um, I would just really appreciate your vote. So I just want to thank everybody for their support over the years. And I just hope I can have your vote again. This well, November. I certainly support you, Byron. I tell you, I don't know anybody who knows the Constitution and its application to American life any better than you do. And uh, you are loyal to it. And we just genuinely appreciate your service in Washington, D.C. Again, Byron Donalds, our U.S. Congressman. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Of course, Bob, anytime. Thanks for having me on. You bet, Byron. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He also writes a column for Newsmax.com. It's called On Point. And a very prolific author. He's written 10 books, his latest, Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier, a book that he co-authored with Buzz Aldrin. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, thanks so much for having me on. Always a pleasure, Professor. And your latest column in uh, Newsmax.com, Evaldi's Causes, Lessons Raise Complex Questions for Society. thought it was so on point. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, it was a difficult uh, article to write and to think about because, uh, you know, we all love children, and, and uh, it was so important, and, and, and we hate to see things politicized. Uh, I didn't want to pile on with an article that was, you know, thoughtless and, and, but it it sort of started, I guess, in my mind, uh, in a big, big way with, uh, you know, the, the NRA, uh, annual convention was in Houston and I'm, I'm a Houston guy and, uh, went to, went to the, uh, convention and there were protesters outside calling anyone that went there baby killers and uh hmm. you know a lot of their parents and and citizens that care a lot about the laws or they care about children and and so on and that was you know that's it's hurtful and it's ironic and and of course it's it's uh it's it's very uh insensitive and uh and so you know this this is something, of course, I think troubled a lot of us, and uh, and you know the whole notion of children, and of course wanting to see them protected, and 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 uh, we all know people. I think, or many of us know people who have lost lost children, you know, lost sons and daughters, uh, yeah. at almost any age, and it's it's the most horrific thing that that an individual, a parent, can experience, and. For a grandparent or a sibling is to lose to lose a child and, and lose a child not only as a baby child but at virtually any age and so it's it's a very very complex you know set of emotions and at the same time is happening at the same time as Roe v Wade about abortion and 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 issues and how how society looks at that and and so on and and there again, it's it's a it's it's a time where people are feeling very strongly emotional about about this. And abortion is an enormously complex issue, uh, just an, a ter- terrible issue. And you have so many contingency factors. You know, and a, a child that's going to be born is has a terrible terrible health issue, and and uh, perhaps won't survive. And and you know it's a great anguish and and i think in some cases and perhaps many i think the abortion issue and somehow i think is is oversimplified and i think other cases it's like everything else politicized and yeah 
But if we have really empathy for children, we love children, and I think you know, it's, it's natural. All spe- almost all species do. It's our future. It's it's, it's everything to us. Uh, then you think about the you know the unborn, yeah? and then, and you start oh, I say well, at what point it you know, raises this issue of what point is a is a child a child? You know, is it how many days? How many months? You know, you know, is it is it still not it was unborn in the birth canal. Is it still, is still not quite a person again? And mm-hmm. and you know, how do we as a society deal with such issues? And how do we protect children in the womb and outside of the womb? And 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 it's very very complex. And I don't think there's any single answer. I don't think there's any one size answer. I don't think there's really a legal answer because I don't know how you put numbers on things very readily without saying, well, yeah, but what about this or what about that? Yeah. So in, in the article, I also looked at how polling, I know in terms of surveys, how, how, how people look at that and how various states address, you know, abortion laws and, and the notion that abortion will be illegal if Roe v. Wade goes out is, is not true. Uh, you know, it'll give states a lot more, authority to uh, determine conditions and so on. So it's just enormously complex. Enormously complex indeed. And I'll just add to the other side of that is as we begin to age and our our lifespans grow, although they haven't in the last couple of years, probably because of the pandemic, but our life expectancy grows. uh, There's important decisions on the other side of life as well as long as, you know, for example, how long do we I'm not saying that uh, right now we sustain life at any cost to the other end of life, but do you know, the, ultimately, we're going to have so many people that are dependent upon services that uh, there's going to be no money at all. So we're going to face some of those issues at the other end of life as well. Well, of course, that's an argument people make as well. And they raise a, also, I think, a parallel issue that you say, well, you know, those of us who are parents who know how how time intensive and costly it is to have to have a child, you know, and 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 then we see also so many families or would be families that don't have a father in the family, right? And they don't have guidance, and then it, it raises issues of a, a single mother trying to raise a child with both with income as well as giving a child the guidance and attention they need, and and so on, and and we. And, and disproportionately, I think this, you know, you find that this, this affects certain groups of people that are at least able to, to, uh, uh, do justice to the responsibility of raising a child. And, and, and it, like you say, it, it changes not only the impact on total society, but, uh, it also changes, I think, the impact on, 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 you know, demands for education. And, and the quality of education, if you have to make huge accommodations for students that are unruly and, and socially maladjusted, then, then it affects other children as well. So it's, you know, it's, it's just uh, anyone that, that makes this a simple issue is simply not understanding it. Well, I, I would agree. And I'd also just uh, underscore the point that you made. I truly believe that if... Uh, we raised our kids right, and we had good families and strong families with fathers and so forth. Uh, we wouldn't have many abortions, and uh, we wouldn't have many school shootings either. So uh, it all starts in the home, quite frankly, in my opinion. Well, some you know, some cases I, I know of a family that made this horrible decision of you know, do we? They know there's a genetic defect. They know the child is going to is is going to be. Uh, very badly impaired and so on. And, and you think of that both in terms of the tragedy for the child, but also, you know, the tragedy for the family. And, and these, these decisions, I think, you know, there's every case, you know, has its own unique characteristic. And, and when you look at the pool at the polls, you know, this one poll I looked at, the public kind of understands that, you know, and they make, they make, you know, they, they, even those who are really diehard right to life and, right to my body and so on. They all, they all, uh, I think by and large sensible people realize that, that there, there are special conditioning factors. There's always exceptions. And, 
And you think of the obvious ones of rape, and you think of cases where you know you have a, a child that's going to have a terrible, you know, a terrible go of it you know, in terms of their condition. Or you look at young young girls that you know that you know where where they're they're making this anguish decision about it's going to affect their entire life, and they're not married and, and have social pressures, and mm-hmm. and and uh, each of these cases is. Special. And I think, by and large, the public realizes this, you know, and they and 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 the, the degree of, you know, the, the time period of pregnancy is a factor that people take into consideration. Right. But then when you try to put a number on it, it gets, you know, it's, it's just becomes very arbitrary and capricious. Absolutely. Again, Professor Larry Bell, I encourage you to visit uh, Newsmax.com and check out uh, Professor Bell's column on point. Also, uh, Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier, written by Professor Bell, as well as Buzz Aldrin. Professor, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for Monday. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.